Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Brandon Weikert. His book, by the way, that he wrote back in uh, September of 2020, Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower. Interesting that Jeff Bezos is going up there next month, isn't it? <laughs> yes, with apparently uh, his brother and, uh, and a one buddy. of his good friends. That's amazing. So yeah. if, if this technology, Brandon, is foreign technology, yeah. and it's three to seven years ahead of us, Right. How in the world did our intelligence let this slip by, or did we know about it? Um, well, it, you know, as we know with 9-11, at least some of the intelligence services... Knew what was happening. Yeah, it's just they couldn't get the right hand to talk to the left hand in a timely manner. So it's possible that... I mean, I know I've, I've talked to, uh, you know, on, on an open forum, I've spoken with elements of our intelligence services who... Who want to know more and want to know what I know about what the venture capital community is doing in terms of its investments in high tech R and D in China and and what I know about what's going on in Russia and and so I tell them what I know uh, so there's clearly some degree of interest a lot of them though I mean it's it's a it's a mixed bag because a lot of times they want to argue with you and they want to tell you what's in, what what's not going on and. You know, I'm not. You know, it, it, it's it's hit and miss. It's it's government bureaucrats you're dealing with, so it's a mixed bag. Um, and so I'm sure some some of these agencies have teams and people that are following this stuff. But my concern is that they still don't quite understand, particularly in a place like China, um, the uh, the culture of high tech R and D. There's a gentleman named Kai Fu Lee who sort of validates everything that I've been talking about when his book uh, AI Superpowers, which is all about uh, sort of the AI race between China and, and America. And he's a Taiwanese-born American who uh, almost exclusively does venture capital investments in China. And uh, he he makes it very clear in the opening pages of his book, and I've seen this as well, that the the culture in China's high tech space is extremely cutthroat. It's very competitive. Mm -hmm. Basically, everything they do to us, stealing intellectual property, pilfering our stuff, hacking us, whatever the stuff that we don't like, they do to each other. These Chinese entrepreneurs and and innovators for the upper and, hand, right? Yes, and so and in that sort of wildcatting environment, um, that's where innovation actually happens. And, and, in, and in many ways, oddly enough, even though they're technically communist, China's kind of innovation culture really resembles the 19th century innovation culture of 19th century America, where it's very cutthroat and it's very competitive and it's, it's heartless. And it's sort of think of Thomas Edison versus Nikola Tesla. Uh, you know, it's very cutthroat, but ultimately the end result in all, after all that competition is said and done is China sitting on top of some very interesting and unique innovations. They're not just imitators anymore. Is there anything we should be scared about? Sure. I mean, the hypersonic thing is one of the biggest issues. China's pioneering of 5G, and now it looks like 6G Internet, um, if you look at things like uh, uh, the biotech. So I was one of the first people, and I got gutted for, for doing I wasn't able to do it, but I had inside information on the Wuhan lab and what was going on in the Chinese biotech. Well, I said back in December of 2019 that it was leaked Absolutely. out of that lab. 
Absolutely. And so I, you know, I try to get funding to, to, I had people in the Intel community who were trying to use me to get information out and I needed funding to do it. I couldn't get anyone to support me at the time. And uh, now the media is running with it. There was some political reasons why they didn't want to go with it back then. But the bottom line is, is that, you know, China is really getting innovative and they have access to a lot of the same technology and research capabilities that we have. We often compare China China to the old Soviet Union in the sense that the people who look at them as a threat say they're an existential threat like the Soviets were. The difference is the Soviets were never integrated into the world system the way that China is. And so China has a lot of benefits mm-hmm. uh, that, that the Soviets never had. All the Soviets could do was beat their chest, bang their shoes on the UN podium, and threaten us with nukes. China can threaten us economically. They can threaten us with innovation. They can, they can do a lot to us. Um, and it's getting worse. And so that, those are some things I would look at. I would also look at things like uh, nanotechnology. Look at the case of Charles Lieber, who was a uh, Harvard scientist, and it turns out he was working for China, and he also was the leading Pentagon researcher in developing nanotechnology. He also opened up labs in Wuhan that were dedicated to nanotechnology research. A look at the Chinese obsession with uh, exotic metals, uh, exotic materials like uh, 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 graphene. There's a race right now that's been going on for at least 12 years between the United States and China behind in the shadows uh, for uh, you know capabilities to produce things like graphene. Is that like um, carbon fiber? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's basically, actually, it's very similar to the metal that they, people say they see on the, the so-called UAPs. It's another reason why I think it might, might be a military program, very super secret, either ours or theirs. Um, there, there are things going on just beneath the, the surface. Uh, between humans uh, that, that should be scaring everybody far more so than if, if it's little green men. Uh, you know, well, is, we, we're due a report out around June 25th, that's correct. Uh, which has, I think, been already leaked out to us, Yeah, which does not conclude much about ETs. It doesn't rule it out, but it doesn't say yes. it is. Yes. And they don't say anything about high technology, yes. who, who it is or anything. It's almost like a powder puff report. Well, so... If you look at the, the the methodology that that this investigation is going through, you're talking about decades of data that have been spread out at various levels across the opaque intel community and defense establishment. It's at least seventeen you know seventeen intel agencies. You've got the entire Pentagon, and and who knows what other civilian agencies have been collecting data related to the UAP issue. And we're supposed to believe that in 180 days since the passage of the COVID relief bill, where the original legislation was embedded that that was forcing this commission to kind of research and release what the Pentagon had on, on UAPs, we're supposed to believe that this team is going to get to the bottom of it. And I suspect that's not going to be the case. I suspect you're going to have a lot of supposition, very little data, uh, back, you know, verifiable data, and, and probably just as many questions posed as what will be answered. And what is answered will be your typical government, you know, on the one hand and on the other hand. Um, I, and that's why, and, and I think it's interesting, the leaks, they've been very specific about these leaks, right? So the first leak was, it's likely not aliens. Right. The second leak was, it's not our technology. 
Um, so, you know, who knows what's going on here? Would they of, say that if it was our technology? I would hope so. Yeah, I would hope so. Me too. I mean, I, you know, I, I say this as somebody who really wants the truth, but also somebody who works on the periphery, at least, as a subject matter expert at national security, and I understand the value of secrets, particularly on something like this. I don't want the Chinese or the Russians to know what we have, really, and therefore I can't know fully because that means they would know. Uh, so... It is. It is in, in, incredible. It really is. Now, is there anything we should worry about any hostile action from these well, regardless of where they're coming from? Well, this was actually what the Air Force just had me come out and talk to them about uh, last week. Uh, it was basically, you know, what should we be looking at on our radar screens or how do we react if suddenly we're presented with, you know, exotic technology belonging to a foreign adversary? And that we, we can't, can't stop. Right. And uh, it was, you know, I walked them through, so they wanted to really know my take on Beijing intentions, and, and I, I kind of walked it through. And, and, and the old Pentagon intelligence agency formula for threat assessment is a very simple algorithm. It's capabilities plus intentions equals threat. Well, the problem is it's too static, because as your capabilities enhance or change, your intentions ultimately change as well. And so we're now at the phase... Uh, in China's development, where they now have capabilities not only that are defensive in nature, but they now have capabilities that are offensive in nature. And you now see China getting more belligerent, getting bolder on the world stage, throwing their weight around in ways that would make Deng Xiaoping shudder. Uh, you know, they are, they are now aggressively moving out with a geopolitical strategy of expansion, not just into the South China Sea and Taiwan, but they're going into India, they're going into the Indian Ocean, they're in Africa. They're also now, by the way, looking for naval uh, uh, real estate to build a naval base on the Atlantic coast of Africa so they can project power into Latin America and, yes, the Caribbean. They're also looking to build out an old American World War II facility in Kiribati, which is uh, 1,800 miles south of uh, Honolulu, of Pearl Harbor, uh, and it's just north of New Zealand, near Tarawa. And so the, 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 the Chinese are now, to, and they're also, by the way, uh, they have explicitly stated their intention to dominate militarily space, not just the orbit around the Earth, but the moon, the asteroid belt, and yes, Mars. They, and, and the head of China's lunar program in 2018 said to the world that we view the universe as an ocean, the moon as the South China Sea, and Mars as Yuanyan Island, which is off of the Philippine coast. And if you look at what China's doing in the South China Sea and how they're bullying the Philippines, illegally taking their territory, putting ships in their territory, annexing things that aren't theirs, um, that should be very scary. So we have an expansionistic model in China that is highly aggressive and is being wed to highly advanced technology, some of which they stole from the West, but others that they have innovated and spun off, like the quantum internet, like all the biotech stuff. Like, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much going on in China in the high-tech space that it really, it reminds me of America of old, where it's just, you know, leap without looking, uh, you know, they don't care, they, but they know they want this technology first, that way they can become the distributors of this technology, and they become the capital of the new Industrial Revolution, the way that America dominated the previous Industrial Revolution. And I think what we're witnessing could potentially be with these UAPs, could actually be experimental programs China's launching, and yes, I think 
over time, I think the next decade is going to be critical. Um, if China thinks they've got a leg up on us, they might just lash out with this technology. They might be testing us and probing us right now and seeing how we're not really reacting and freaking out about it. And they might be saying, this is how we're going to hit the Americans. Remember, Japan pioneered aircraft carriers, and they deployed them highly innovatively against the Americans at Pearl Harbor in a way that not even the most hawkish war mm-hmm. planner at the, at the, in, the, in the naval, in the U.S. Navy could have thought they were capable of, which is going north of Japan and then swinging south toward uh, Honolulu and deploying those, those aircraft in ways that completely debilitated, almost debilitated completely, our Pacific fleet in the Second World War. And I think China might be thinking something similarly with this potential new technology. Can you explain for us, Brandon, uh, before the break, yeah. what exactly is hypersonic technology? Sure. It's, it is technology. It is, it's, a, it's faster than the speed of sound. You can launch it. It'll, it'll bolt out from your territory. There's really not many defenses that any nation has with conventional weapons systems that can stop it, and they can deliver a payload on a target anywhere in the world pretty much within half an hour, and it's almost impossible to stop. Uh, the only thing we can really do, I would argue, is to develop our own hypersonics as sort of a deterrent. Uh, you know, you threaten us, we'll threaten you, like a mutual assured destruction. But we, we are, I think, behind the curve in some respects in the specific realm of hypersonic technology. Interesting take. We're going to take calls with Brandon next hour here on Coast to Coast. You hear what we're talking about. He's hoping it's our technology that we just haven't been told about. And then he thinks, if anything, it could be Russian or Chinese. And then, uh, of course, his uh, final uh, thoughts are... It's extraterrestrial. I would like it to be extraterrestrial. <laughs> it would be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it? I would like that. How about you? Yeah. You'd rather it be our technology first, then extraterrestrial. That's right. That's right. The worst case would be Chinese or Russian. That is a nightmare scenario for us. Absolutely. There's no question about that. Brandon, since you've been doing this now, are you getting some ears to listen up? Yeah. How many? <laughs> however, however many you need. <laughs> Since you've been doing this, what bothers you about this? What scares you about this? Um, what scares me is the slowness of our bureaucracy. We have a centralized uh, 20th century model of intelligence collection and acquisitions for defense uh, products, weapon systems, and whatnot in a 21st century decentralized world, and it's and it's 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 starting to really hurt us now. Yeah, it's catching up with us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Give us your website. Uh, it's WeichertReport.com. It's W-E-I-C-H-E-R-T Report.com, and uh, I also am a contributor at the Asia Times, the Washington Times, and Real Clear Politics. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.